1: August 4th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. On tap today, big tech's thirst for AI dominance may bring, insert big gulp here, literal thirst for everyone else what does that mean we'll get into it in a bit but first before we do let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech let's get crackle All right Juliet what are you following today
2: All right we got a couple things Meta has apparently went to block news in Canada mm. And that is due to a new law that requires tech companies to pay media outlets when they use their work. Mm. This is not new to Canada. Meta previously made a deal with Australia following similar legislation. So maybe that'll happen here. Otherwise, yeah, I guess Canadians (laughs) enjoy Facebook, Instagram, and threads without any news, which if you're anything like me is kind of what you often look at it for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably many people.
2: So this is actually really interesting to me. Taylor Swift basically has her own economy, as we have learned. She gave her eras Tour truckers bonuses of $100,000 each. That's nearly 50 people, apparently, who had spent the last 24 weeks on the road with her. I guess typically, and I did not know this, I guess the typical end of tour bonus is only between five and $10,000. Wow. So that's a lot more. It's like a life-changing amount of money, I think one of the reports said. So- Here's another Taylor Swift economy is this life changing amount of money for these people.
1: I'm just envisioning all these truckers now, you know, like these big trucker guys and girls, and they're all just blasting Taylor Swift in their trucks now. I love that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of cool. NASA, IBM, and Hugging Face are building an open source geospatial foundation model. And apparently what that means is it can support these AI tools that can be useful in earth sciences or for tracking climate change. Some of the examples provided were tracking deforestation or predicting crop yields. So that should be pretty cool. Very cool. For those of you looking to take a vacation... You might want to stay in the United States for no other reason than that round-trip airfare is down 11% compared to 2022 and 2019. This is intentional. People are traveling internationally because, uh, well, uh, we can. COVID restrictions have eased. You can now leave. People are like, yes, I'm going to go take this amazing trip. So airlines are like, hey, um, have you thought about going to, I don't know, Minneapolis? Um, (laughs) So if you're looking for a weekend getaway, now's the time to buy.
1: You know, Minneapolis is much more appealing place to visit and go on vacation than uh, Milan.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, my friend lives in Minneapolis and I don't know anyone in Milan. So
1: (laughs) there you go. (laughs) There
2: you go. All right. So if you are like, my phone does too many things. I'm too distracted. I have too many apps. Well, Nokia is bringing it back. They've announced two new mobile phones that are kind of a lot like the mobile phones of your. They do pretty much nothing but take phone calls. I think there's some texting involved. One has a headphone jack. I think one has a very poor camera. <laughs> there are physical buttons, which is very exciting to me because I kind of love physical buttons on a phone. And the one thing that is coming back that should excite all of us is Snake. You will be able to play one game. It is Snake.
1: Nice. You know, this has been a hot trend for the last couple of years, kind of the nostalgic phone design Mm -hmm. coming back with some updated, I guess, features. I'm not sold. I got to tell you, I'm not sold. And... I think it has the nostalgia factor, you know, it has the physical buttons. It looks neat, shiny object. It's different than what everyone else has now. But I'm just not Mm -hmm. sold because at the end of the day, I just think the utility and the functionality is uh, taking a hit on these phones and people are just not going to be able to use them. Yeah. (laughs) So I would
2: absolutely not switch to a new phone that did not have like maps or the ability to check when the next train is coming if i had like a shady side hobby and i needed a burner though i would totally get an idea burner phone
1: (laughs) the samsung flip phone that's out now with which is basically a touchscreen smartphone that just is flips and folds is cool i think it's a little gimmicky but it's cool But we'll see how long this trend lasts. Yeah. I'm curious to see.
2: And finally today, big quarter for Nintendo. Their quarter to $1.3 billion profits. Highest the company has ever seen. And that is due in part to two very successful things. The Super Mario Brothers movie and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild video game.
1: And I just watched the Super Mario Brothers movie last week.
2: Is it good? I haven't seen it yet.
1: You know, it was... Very good, very well made, incredible animation. I think I'm slightly above the targeted age group, but Mm. I still found it very entertaining and the animation was awesome. And there were some funny moments for sure.
2: Okay. Yeah. I guess that's what I was wondering because I saw Barbie and I felt like, Barbie is a toy similar to the way Super Mario is like a video game that a lot of younger people get into but Barbie definitely felt like it was for an older
1: Yeah, I, that was not the case here. Although I'm sure a lot of older people saw it and loved it. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, maybe when it's on streaming. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. So today, Jacob, you are going to tell us about how big tech's thirst for AI dominance may bring literal thirst for everyone else. I am picturing that guy in Mad Max Fury Road who's like in charge of the water and he can like, <laughs> uh, you get this much water. But like, in this case, it's Mark Zuckerberg. That's what I'm
1: picturing. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we're not there yet, but you never know where things could go. I was thinking when writing this story about this scene from Silicon Valley, the show where Earl pleads with Richard to focus on improving their startup's cloud architecture. And he says this hilarious line, it's just a giant turd that's clogging up our pipes. We have to call in a plumber to fix it. And then he describes the cloud as this tiny little shit area, which in many ways is the future of computing. And I love that quote. And I thought it was relevant because he obviously wasn't wrong about that mm-hmm. future of computing stuff. And he also was not So far off on the plumber stuff, either Mm -mm. because water, believe it or not, and we probably take this for granted basically every day, plays a major role in computing and the internet and any kind of thing we do that involves the web. Mm -hmm. And obviously, all of that is just going to become a bigger and bigger part of life. And as such, Companies are going to need to use more and more water. So what does this look like? Globally, data centers are forecast to consume around 450 million gallons of water daily by 2030. That's up from around 205 million gallons in 2016, according to data reviewed by Bloomberg. Now, in some cases, this is extra worrisome. There is obviously a lot of water on this planet, Mm -hmm. But the way it's used, where it's used matters a lot because, for instance, there are a lot of places that are also facing and increasingly facing drought. One of those places is an area in Spain where a $1.1 billion data facility is planned Meta is the one behind it. And that facility could gulp 176 million gallons of water annually. And the locals are not happy because even though that project could create 250 permanent jobs, you know, it's a farming region Mm -hmm. facing drought. Right. And the last thing they need is, you know, a data center popping up and taking the water that, you know, they're having a hard time accessing already. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an interesting issue because... You know, Meta in this case says it will recycle water, restore water too, though it's unclear where or how. And it's similar to how they say they offset their carbon impact by planting trees. Right. right? It <laughs> sounds great on paper and it, it's better than nothing, but specifics matter. Mm-hmm. You know, Where are they being planted? How are they being planted? When? So people are worried about how this will work with water too. And it's really a global issue. And obviously, It's being accelerated rapidly by AI. Right. Data center operators need lots of energy to make the web run, as I've said. Literally, the podcast apps people are listening to us talk on right now, when you go back to the source, are using water. And as drought worsens worldwide, this issue has just become a point of contention everywhere from the U.S. to the Netherlands to Chile. Outside of the actual use of natural resources, part of the concern also just centers around transparency. One consulting group found 39% of data centers were even measuring their water usage last year, and that was down from the year before. Hmm. So people want more transparency in this area too. And like I said, another challenge that's accelerating, according to Bloomberg, is that demand for computing power is moving faster than sustainability efforts, and that's with regards to AI Obviously a very hot topic, uh, <laughs> pun not intended, but it is a good pun in this case. Right. And I thought this was interesting. If you want to imagine just the impact in kind of terrifying everyday terms that AI is having in terms of water usage, we've got you covered here. There's an interesting study you can check out linked in today's newsletter about how university researchers estimated that a 20-question conversation with chat GPT Equates to around 500 milliliters of water use. And that's about the size of an average, you know, water bottle. Mm, wow. That's a 20 question conversation with ChatGPT. You can do that in like one minute. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and there are probably many people that we know asking ChatGPT hundreds of questions a day. Mm. And it just puts things into perspective here. <laughs> and it's clearly a problem that's going to get worse. If sustainability efforts aren't accelerated too.
2: Right, absolutely. That is uh, somewhat terrifying. Although, I guess the good news is that when we plunge ourselves into a drought stricken apocalyptic dystopia, <laughs>
1: we
2: probably won't even have computers. So,
1: there you go. I mean, yeah, we really have nothing to worry about. <laughs>
2: we'll just start over, I guess. Exactly,
1: um, exactly. All's good. All's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I once went to um, a Hollywood studio. I don't remember this as well as I should, so I'm not even gonna say what companies were involved, but there was a tech company that was partnering with the studio to use like a liquid cooling Mm -hmm. effect because the types of animations they did took so much power and they had some interesting sustainability things like you could potentially repurpose the water to the rest of the building or to water crops or gardens that were outside so i guess that's interesting but i think the root question is where does the water come from in the first place when you're talking about these little tiny towns that maybe don't have the resources or infrastructure yet
1: yep i'm sure there'll be some cool innovations in this space in years to come too so looking forward to that All right, bada-bing, bada-boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you should go sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have an awesome weekend, a relaxing weekend. and We'll catch you right back here. First thing Monday morning, bright and early. See you then.